Welcome back to Sober Grind. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you better understand addiction and recovery. My name is Austin, and I'm your co-host along with Pej. Today, we're talking about why some people don't take their recovery seriously and how it can lead to relapse. We cover how to stay motivated in recovery and go over some great Q&As with audience. Let's jump in and talk about this. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pej. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's a beautiful day. Can Looks like it's good? a beautiful Sound day good? for you as well. I can hear you great. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Yep. So Awesome. Hopefully, everyone else can hear us too. Yep. Awesome. So, Pej, another amazing topic today. Do you want to introduce today's topic? No, I want you to introduce today's topic. Ah, okay. So, welcome back, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between. I'll introduce it. Here you go. So today right. we Am I taking about, too long? No, no, no. Uh, we want to <laughs> talk about why so many addicts and alcoholics don't take recovery seriously. Um, why so many go mm. out? Why so many overdoses happen? Why so many people um, are introduced to recovery or have the opportunity to get better but don't get better? Mm. What made you think about this topic today? Because I see a lot of people. And thanks for before you before you jump in. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for uh, for tuning in here. Uh, if you have any questions or comments around uh, taking recovery seriously, let us know in the comments, and we will get to them. Sorry, Pej, go for it. Okay, so one of the reasons that I wanted to come up with this topic is because, you know, it took me a long time to get well. Um, I I have been introduced and reintroduced to recovery. Usually through jails and institutions, but they would always put people that had recovery around or were living a life of recovery um, to come through and carry messages and try to help us, right? And uh, I was usually closed off. Hi, Bobby, to um, to receiving any of that information because I wasn't quite ready yet. I wasn't desperate yet. I hadn't hit. Some people would say you hadn't hit your bottom, but I, I believe every bottom has a trap door. Um, I, I very true. Truth be told, is that I wasn't completely desperate. I was still, people were still enabling me. They were still allowing me to act the way I wanted to, um, uh, and I was getting away with it. I had no mercy, and so like right now, um, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of different friends that are in the recovery community. Where I, I for example, I saw a post this morning of somebody that said um, that they don't have time for people that want to come to them um when you're awakened and you're in recovery we don't have time for addicts that um want to come to us with their chicken shit problems if they're not ready to actually do the work right mm. so and like i get the frustration you know you have to understand in, in a 12-step in a community a lot of the talk that goes around is um we, we practice love and tolerance and that we um, yeah. that we allow people to hit their own bottom and that we don't try to force anyone to get sober and truly you really can't force anyone to get sober and stay sober um that's each individual's own choice and what they what they choose to do so if that's what somebody does they 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 got to make that choice on their own terms however you know like we try hard i mean i know i'm a, I'm a professional that works in an addiction treatment and i try hard to tell them everything that's good for them but i don't have the power to captivate their mind and make them make the right decision I, I believe that we can tell people everything that's good for them till the cows come home 
and give them a, a wealth of information, a plethora of information um, to, that's good for them. But if they are still able to um, play their song and dance, they're not going to get well. They're not going to get sober. It's just plain and simple. And so lives are at risk. People don't get sober. And um, I believe one of the main reasons is because they're not desperate. They're just not desperate enough. You know, um, go ahead. How do they... How do they have that point of, of realization that they, they are desperate? Maybe they're, you know, seeking recovery, but they're not in the same reason, or they're not in it for the right reasons or, or for whatever. You know, how do they realize that desperation? You know, maybe they think they're desperate in the moment, but they truly aren't. How do you recognize that? Well, to their defense, I don't think that anybody comes into recovery because, or with, with like the idea of I'm not in it for the right reasons. I believe there's a good side to them that definitely wants to get well and knows that life isn't working. You have to understand when somebody's a hardcore heroin addict or, or just an opioid user, um, they're going to have times and days when they are back, like where they experience withdrawals that are excruciatingly painful, like physically, mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally. So when you're feeling that way and you really like, you, you have these, these thoughts, these little moments of clarity where you're like, I want to get well. I can't do this. I can't keep living like this. Like, this isn't what life was meant to be. I got I to gotta stop. How do I stop? So they start trying to seek solutions and, and getting help. Some go to treatment. Some go to a doctor. Some go to uh, a dealer and actually get Suboxone, for example. And they, they attempt yeah. to, to sober up. But then it, it's, you know, sure. count, countless vain attempts. They'll attempt to, and the next thing you know, they can't deal with it because they don't know how to do recovery because they don't, they're guiding themselves trying to try to get that recovery. Now, some people that go to actual treatment, like they get guided in the right direction, you know, depending on what kind of a treatment center they go to um, both, um, you know, obviously they'll, they'll do all the therapy that's required or, or um, but they'll send them to meetings or they'll, they'll put them in the hands of uh, other people who have experience with addiction and some of them being addicts themselves. And those people, such as myself, will tell them everything that's good for them. But unfortunately, they, um, a lot of people relapse. Many, many people relapse. Most of the people that go to treatment do not actually stay sober. However, I have seen a lot of um, success stories, a lot of miracles, a lot of people that have completely turned their lives around. So that's like the most rewarding thing for me is to see those ones come. I just, it, I think what happens is some of us that have been around for a while and also have really good lives, uh, we want to see that for other people, and we just feel like people are shortchanging themselves. And uh, we can't say we can talk until the cows and tell them everything is good for them, but until a person absolutely gets desperate and loses everything, and that doesn't just mean the tangible stuff. That doesn't mean the physical stuff. Yeah. That means until they have like that spiritual bottom, until they lose, until they they really don't know. They have the soul sickness that they, they know the only way to overcome it is by uh, truly doing like hard work. It's not that hard, but it is definitely you got to put your truth into it. And then you have to practice that work uh, in and throughout your life by giving it away to others. Because people think like you come get sober. Let's say, for example, you go to 12 step meeting, you work the 12 steps. Well, I work the 12 steps. Now what? Well, the, you got to be a service. Like, plain and simple. If you're not helping other people, you're pretty much wasting your time and you're probably a ticking time bomb. Mm. So if anyone's uh, just tuning in right now, we're, we're talking about taking recovery seriously, why some people don't, how to take it more seriously. We're going to jump into some questions. If you have 
any questions at all or comments, want to share your experience, leave it in a comment. We'd be happy to address it. Uh, if this is your first time here, this is Sober Grind. We are a recovery podcast uh, on every major platform. You can also find us on SoberGrind.com. Uh, I want to address Brolio's uh, comment here. And so question, rather, it's yeah. Have you ever had the Have you ever had the experience of feeling that you may have an addiction problem, but everyone else tells you that nothing is abnormal with how I choose to have fun? I'm happy with my addictions. Haven't been conflicting with work or personal relationships. Can you share what clues we should look at to recognize the signs of addiction? And hi, Catherine. Hi, Camille. Um, okay, so that's you want to you want to jump in there. It's an interesting question. Have you ever had the experience of feeling that you may have an addiction problem, but everyone tells you there's nothing abnormal with how I choose to have fun? So, um, well, who's the everyone that's telling you that? Are those other people um, practicing? addictions too because i know definitely like when i was hanging out with my using buddies like none of us want, wanted to actually take a look and see um what it was that could be a problem or could be becoming a problem that we're using you know like when you're doing meth with a bunch of guys and you're like well, maybe we're really not so bad but you know or you don't want to be the buzzkill yeah. like some of your friends are sitting there your so-called friends are sitting there and we're all using together well um, no one's going to sit there and say, you know, we're really having major addiction problems right now. Everyone's going to say, no, we're all good. Let's keep party, 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 party. Now, another thing that you said in that part is I'm happy. I'm happy. And my addictions haven't been conflicting with work or personal relationships. More power to anyone that can continue living their life and um, is comfortable in their addictions. You have to understand there's some people that aren't alcoholics. There's some people that are. There's some people that can have a few right. drinks at night, you know, when they get off work and then they don't go off the Richter and end up doing cocaine for a week. Uh, there's some people that will come home every single night and have a case of beer, right? And are they addicted to the beer? I mean, they're doing it every night. So in, a, in an addictive way, in a sense, they might be addicted to having six beers or a case or whatever, right? So to each their own. However, I do not believe that... Um, Heavy drug use, such as uh, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines, opiates, um, taking pills uh, that are, you know, even if they're prescribed, not the way they are prescribed, if you take it in excess, I don't believe that that type of an addiction can be used in moderation. And if, if, if one actually has to ask themselves, um, I may be feeling that I may have an addiction problem, you know, just the fact that you're thinking that it's something you might want to ask yourself. That's, that's, an, that's, that's a, you got to look at yourself, you know, and take it like, is it a problem? I mean, I'm making it to work because I used to think for the longest time, like I'm a functioning addict or functioning alcoholic. Yeah. I would still make it to work in most cases, sometimes early, sometimes late, but I still made it to work. But um, I thought I had a lot of fun doing drugs for a long time, depending on what kind of drugs they were. Because there's a lot of drugs that were fun to do. Uh, however, there was a lot of drugs that will bring you right to your knees. And and at that point, like if you're an athlete, like you need a better solution than to to solve your traumas, your turmoil, or just to think that you're partying it up and not have life. To, I mean, truly, if a person can make plenty of money, have a job that uh, does well for them, and they can make enough money to do drugs too, they could do it, uh, use drugs like a gentleman or like a like a 
true dignified woman, more power to them. I'm not against those people. I'm just, I'm talking, this is about people that are in recovery or come to recovery that don't want to take this thing by the horns and end up going yeah. either relapsing or in more cases than none, they relapse and then they overdose and die. In other words, they have the opportunity to get well, right? They came to a community where people were getting sober, staying sober, and, um, and showing by leading by example of um, how they stay sober. I would also add on to that before we, before we move on. You know, if you're starting to have thoughts like that, um, try and stop. Try and go on a sobriety break for, for 30 days. And if it's a little harder uh, than just willpower, then maybe it's something you should take a little more seriously. Um, so, Pez, you mentioned early on, and if look anyone what, else look, has look any what, questions or comments, what, let us know. Look what Kayla said. She said, I always, I'd always say I'm functioning. Turns out I wasn't. Okay. And then mm. Jer Jerry says, I'm functioning till my liver malfunctions. LOL. And so, so <laughs> there you I'll, go. I'll say this right now. What Kayla says, I used to think the same thing. I'm a functioning addict. I'm a functioning alcoholic. I don't have a problem. I don't need to go get help. Like, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. We'll start to believe our own lies. I'm not that bad. Here's one thing, though. Yeah. Just because you make it to work as a person that uses drugs and or alcohol and you still perform, to perform well at your job, if that's who you are. Um, what about internally? Like, there's other ways of not functioning well. Like, are you functioning well on the inside? You know, like, do you have emotions that you're numbing out with drugs and alcohol that you're not able to feel because you because um, you do drugs, you know, like, what about that? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Thank you uh, uh, so much, Brolio, for that question. I, I hope it was helpful for you. Uh, Pej, now you, you mentioned helping others uh, in your, in your recovery, right? Right. Um, at what point should you start to help others? Is there a, a too soon? Is there a milestone? There's What's never, your opinion there's on never too soon because let's say, for example, your person that's that's uh, had a long battle with addiction for a long time. And it's your very first time ever um, trying to sober up, right? Let's say like you go into a treatment center in your first seven days, you just, the fog is starting to clear. 14 days later, you're actually like having some realizations about yourself. Mm. 21 days later, you're like, you know what? Like maybe I have a purpose and my purpose is not to keep using drugs. How does that person be of service uh, to somebody who comes in with 24 hours? A person who was in your position 21 days ago, you might be able to get through to that person a lot more than somebody who's got 21 years Good point. that works in that facility. Good point. You don't have to become that person's counselor or you don't have to become that person's guide in life. I mean, some people get very... Um, very codependent they want to try to fix the newcomer because and, and while they're still a newcomer right but um truth be told is you could just tell that person your experience and you'd be helping them you know you just tell them like yeah. hey i was working you were at 21 days ago i'm here for you i care about you if you if you need a shoulder to lean on you know just i'll be right here I'll just tell me how you feel and, and let, can i get you a cup of water some something to eat or something like that that's being a service, but there's nothing wrong with that. So you don't necessarily have to uh, become like go out and work a 12-step program all the way one through 12, and then and then start helping people. You can help people all the time, and that doesn't just go for people that are suffering with addiction. I think it goes for anybody. Be a service. Get out of self. Practice humility. 
Awesome. Uh, for anyone just tuning in right now, we are talking about taking recovery seriously, why people, uh, why some people don't take it seriously, and some of the pitfalls and how you can take it more seriously. Uh, we would love your support. If you could just press that little share button right now on this video, share it publicly so that we can positively impact more people's lives. That's what we're all about. We're trying to spread positive message and positively impact as many people as possible. Uh, we welcome all uh, comments and questions here. Uh, even if you have uh, diverse opinions, we would love to hear your thoughts. So uh, there's, uh, there's one you... last thing I, I want to add, and then I actually yeah. I have to uh, cut it quick today. But real quick, I just want to let let it be known that, like when I first got sober, uh, and I was in a treatment center, they were sending us to lots of um, twelve step meetings. Right? I'm not going to say what the name of the place was, but I think anybody that's in that community already knows what I'm talking about. And so, like. Um, I was raised by really good people in that type of environment. And that I thought that that was the, the end all. Like that's like, if you don't do recovery that way, then you don't have real recovery, mm -hmm. right? And so I had like this rigid mentality and this rigid thought process thinking like, that's the only way for people, right? And over the years, you know, I've got like 12 years sober now. Um, I still remain very close to that community. I believe it worked for me. I believe it works for a lot of other people. I do, however, see a lot of people that come into recovery that are absolutely opposed to it. And they'll try to find everything wrong with that community or why it shouldn't or couldn't work for them. And so I've come to the conclusion that it ain't for everybody. It ain't for yeah. everybody. You know, not everyone's going to practice a 12-step program. However, um, there are other alternatives. So like, I've worked in centers where they, where they have like a holistic track or they have, um, for example, uh, they offer smart recovery or they offer, there's this thing called SOS. I think it was up in LA where uh, it's a non higher power type of recovery and to each their own, you know, whatever you want to do. If you want to work uh, a different, if you don't want to work the 12 steps, you don't want to go into that community because you've had a bad experience or you have a strong opinion about it to each their own. All I know is this, um, the fact of the matter, what I've experienced and witnessed in, in my short time amount of time being sober, 12 years, is is that I don't see smart recovery like or refuge recovery. I haven't seen uh, a lot of long-term recovery come out of it. And I've seen people go to it that go to it temporarily. I've seen, though, in a 12-step community, a lot more people that um, when they do the actual work, and they put all their truth into it, and they have that awakening that it talks about in the 12th step, they change their lives. They become, you know, amazing human beings, and they, they, get, they get to live, you know. And it saddens me that so many people would turn their back on something that will actually save your life and continue to stay stuck or continue to uh, suffer from victim, like be victimies, like to, to the point where they're a victim of their circumstances, they can never let certain things go. And for me, it worked. Like, I got to do this, the work, and I got to let it go, and then I get to help others, and that's pretty much what they talk about there. I, you know, the other programs, I have nothing against them. If they're saving people's lives and they're helping them, more power to them. Then more people get to be saved. More humans get to live on this earth and uh, overcome their addictions and not continue to keep manifesting their disease of addiction. So... With that said, we absolutely. Go. Hi, Kayla. Let me wrap it up here. Kayla says, 
Never did, uh, never did a 12 step, but eight months clean. Kayla, congratulations. Congratulations Good to job, everyone Kayla. else that's sober. Thank you again for tuning in to another amazing episode of Sober Grind. You can check all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now our brand new website, SoberGrind.com. All of our webs or all of our episodes are now indexed on there. We would love for you to check out that uh, that brand new website. Uh, check out Pej's uh, Instagram account, Drug underscore intervention he goes live on there and spreads positive messages every single day as long as well as uh, some great motivational quotes uh and if you are in or you're looking for recovery you need a little bit of help or you have a loved one that is you can always reach out to us you can reach out to Pej, or you can call beginnings treatment centers at 800-387-6907 24 hours a day and either Pej will pick up the phone and talk to you personally, or a trained professional will. Even if it's not an insurance thing, we will find you help. Just reach out. So with that, with that said, being said, I would like more people to stay alive. So I encourage you to starve, stay alive. Starve the ego. Be the soul. Starve the ego. Be the soul. Love you all. Thank you. Sober grind. Over and sober grind out. out.